I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's our biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. 22 minutes to 7. My apologies if you can hear the rain because it is absolutely bucketing down on the uh, the roof at Grange at the moment. We're going to get somewhere in the order of 10 mils today. It feels like we're getting them all right in this moment. So excuse me if I uh, sound like I'm having to shout a little bit at the moment. <laughs> Jocks on Frillo's coming up after 7 o'clock this morning. The, uh, the man behind Restaurant Arana and indeed... The man who's now taken MasterChef by storm as a judge will uh, join us after seven. Looking forward to having that chat. But first, let's head to the UK. Vincent McAvinney is our UK correspondent and joins us. Morning to you, Vincent. Good morning. Uh, interesting contrast, Australia and, and, uh, and the UK at the moment with regard to the, the perception of governments. The latest polling in Australia has state premiers and the federal government, the prime minister, more popular almost than they've been on record. Yet in the UK, it very much feels as though People have turned on, on, on the government there. Is it as simple as it being the, the scoreboard, Vincent, whereby now the UK is the third worst uh, number of deaths in the world as a result of coronavirus? I think part of it is that. I think it's the fact that, um, you know, there is no clear roadmap for the UK at the moment. We've obviously had this gap in leadership at the top where Boris Johnson was obviously recovering from having coronavirus himself. Uh, and Dominic Raab, his stand-in, isn't the most charismatic of figures. But essentially, you know, we're on this uh, lockdown until at least the 7th of May. Everyone expects, I think, for it to be extended another number of weeks, but we still don't have a clear path with the testing. You know, we were told that by tomorrow it would be up to 100,000 a day. It's not near that. It's about half of that at the moment. Uh, and so, you know, I think people want the government to be really honest. I think they want them to be you know, clear and direct in what they're saying, and they want some kind of roadmap. And at the end of the day, you know, Chris Whitty, who is our chief medical officer here, said, you know, life will not go back to normal until a vaccine is working, until we can roll it out. Uh, but I think people just would like some little steps that they can get their head around as to how we get out of this. Because I think that is where people are really starting to lose their patience mm. with the British government here at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, they're not alone there. Um, Vincent, this um, documentary about something called Exercise Cygnus has caused outrage. What is it? Yeah, so Exercise Cygnus was uh, a three-day exercise run uh, in Theresa May's first year back in 2016 in which they basically kind of game-planned out at both the national and regional level uh, an exercise of what would happen in exactly this kind of situation, a pandemic. Now, the uh, issues that it raised and the problems were so worrying that this report wasn't released on the exercise. It's uh, at the moment you can't actually FOI it, so journalists can't get their hands on it. Uh, and Philip Lee, who was a Conservative MP and minister at the time and himself a doctor, uh, has come out and said, you know, we, we knew we were not prepared for a pandemic from this report. Uh, it was a mistake not to publish it at the time because we didn't act on the lessons that we learned. Uh, and in, you know, a documentary that's come out this week, it's been found that, you know, the stockpiling that should have been done of the PPE in the years since that report simply wasn't done. Government, Theresa May, of course, dealt mostly with Brexit in her time. Uh, Boris Johnson, even though this was top of the national 
uh, emergencies list. And it had been for a decade having a pandemic like this. Uh, there was really no work done on it by his government as well. So real questions about why the UK in those years didn't prepare for this. And then also still, of course, why in the months of January and February the UK wasted that sort of lag time that it had with the disease coming to these shores. Certainly feeds into the uh, the reason people are upset with the government at the moment. Uh, also, Vincent, um, Boris Johnson, geez, he's had, a big, uh, he's had a big couple of weeks, first coronavirus and, and, and now a new father. Yes, uh, a new father once again. Uh, Boris Johnson has uh, five acknowledged children, perhaps some others, but now there's another one as well. So he has had a, a son uh, delivered today by his fiancée, Kerry Simmons. Um, I, I'm not even joking, you know, Wikipedia says... Uh, six or seven children has been updated today. It's, it's, it's unclear. Um, so, uh, yeah, so another baby Johnson uh, in the world. Uh, yeah, quite remarkable. That's why uh, the Prime Minister wasn't at Prime Minister's questions today, uh, because, of course, that birth early this morning. But um, he says he will take paternity leave later in the year, but he is going to carry on working through the current weeks. I tell you what, from a craven journalistic perspective, Vincent, I've got to say that Yarns-wise, you're doing much better with your loose PM than we are with our very button-down fundamentalist Christian Scott Morrison occupying the lodge right now. <laughs> hey, Vincent, what, what, what question without notice. What, did did they ever find Lynn from Skipton? And what do you make of the um, what do you make of the, uh, the, the the punters providing the first question to the press conference? We had a bit of fun with that over the course of the week. So, I mean, I. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure whether it... I think the press conferences have kind of become quite difficult to watch. Um, I'm not sure about whether it's worthwhile or not doing that. I think press conference should be that, a press conference. There's been a dangerous yeah. precedent in the UK um, in the past couple of years. It started, the first time I really noticed it was in 2014, covering the Scottish referendum for independence. The SNP started busting in their supporters into press events to be a crowd there for a speech. And all that happened was the sort of crowd started turning on reporters. You'd get booed and hissed, and people would come up to you afterwards and start to threaten you. And it's something that, you know, it has to be said that all of the parties here have continued on with over recent years, just having these kind of rental mobs of their supporters in trying to intimidate journalists. It got very mm. bad under Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party. And so I, I just don't think it's, um, it's there. You know, the idea that journalists live in a bubble and we don't listen, you know, we spend all of our time crisscrossing our countries that we work in, speaking to ordinary people, talking to people, and we get the same questions time and again. And, you know, we do, before going into those press conferences, really look at what questions people have for the government. Yeah. And we are simply putting those forward. So I'm not really a fan of it. I just don't think it adds anything. Um, I just don't think it's the right forum for it. That's an excellent analysis, and I couldn't concur with you more. We spend half our time here looking at the messages that come through on the text line, the feedback that we get on Twitter, and that's what informs the discussions that we have with the Premier. You don't need politicians coming up with a gimmick like that to pretend that mm. they're the ones who are listening to the public and we're somehow yeah. not. Vincent, as always, mate, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Vincent McAvinney in the, uh, the UK. He's, he's just does a superb job. We're very lucky to have him on 5AA Breakfast. From the cinematic universe of J.J. Abrams comes the space strategy game Star Trek Fleet Command. Be the commander of your own missions. 
Customize your fleet of starships. Assemble a crew of new and familiar faces. Choose your weapons to prepare and lead your crew in epic battles. Every moment counts in these real-time battles. Boldly go where no one has gone before. Star Trek Fleet Command. Download free today on the App Store or Google Play.